Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Hi, uh, today on the Irish Tech News Podcast, we're continuing our series of interviews uh, with people who are at the cutting edge of um, kind of looking at where things could go and um, how it could impact on us. So I guess, first of all, uh, who do we have the pleasure of speaking to today? Hi, I'm Deirdre Coban from Walton Institute in Watford Institute of Technology. We're an internationally recognised research institute for information and communications technology. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Cool. Okay. So um, this is where you are now. A uh, question we like to ask everyone is, is uh, does it seem a logical journey to what you do now based upon either maybe what you want to do when you're in school or when you're at college? Um, looking back, it looks logical now, but I couldn't have imagined that I would be involved in so many exciting research projects. So I'm currently the head of a research division called the Emerging Networks Laboratory in Walton Institute. We perform interdisciplinary research and innovation for the benefit of society. So how can ICT be applied in healthcare, agriculture, energy and transport? And our research focuses on the emerging areas of advanced communication software technologies. So we're looking at things like 5G and 6G wireless communication, network security, internet of things, knowledge defined networks and quantum communication and sensing. Now, my own research combines nanotechnology, artificial intelligence, and quantum physics. And this range of interests arises from my involvement in three Science Foundation Ireland research centres. I'm a member of Future Neuro for Neurological Disorders, Connect for Future Networks and Communications, and Vista Milk for Digitalising Dairy. Now, when I look back to where I started, I have a Bachelor of Science in Experimental Physics from University College Dublin and a PhD in mathematical physics from National University of Ireland, Maynooth. And that's where I I specialized in quantum chaos. So I worked as a research fellow investigating ultra-fast surface science in the University of Kaiserslautern in Germany for some time. And there I really became interested in nanotechnology while working on various projects to do with plasmonics. We investigated how we can control light matter interactions on the surface of metals to design nanoscale devices with particular functions. And these could be used in future biosensors and communication networks. After that, in 2018, I moved to Walton Institute, which was the Telecommunications Software and Systems Group, the TSSG. I started as an SFI industry fellow developing artificial intelligence tools for um, insurance companies. Okay, so Deirdre, could you tell us uh, a little bit about what the Walton Institute does? Yeah, so we're coordinating the prime project and the ICT researchers at Walton Institute are developing the simulation software tool to design the living brain implant. So our simulation tool will be used to design living cells that will perform the biocomputing functions. So they will detect the concentration of epilepsy biomarker molecules. And if they're greater than a certain threshold, they will release um, molecules that will reduce the probability of a seizure occurring. So the tool is based on molecular communication modeling of molecules through neural tissues, combined with biocomputing and artificial intelligence to personalize the device. 
So when we think of communications, we usually think of wireless communications, such as our mobile phone, which communicates using electromagnetic waves. Another type of communication exists inside the human body, which uses molecules to communicate. And this area of research is known as molecular communication. For example, when your brain sends chemical signal to an organ to do a specific function, there's a channel where the chemical messages are being sent from the brain to the organ. And we can take concepts from communication theory and map them to the biological system. So we're developing the biological computing uh, cells, such as AND and OR logic gates, so that we can implant them into the engineered cells and they will compute whether you have a disease or not and treat it accordingly. Okay, cool. So look, um, as you were talking, right, uh, for a while I worked with Ericsson and at Ericsson, uh, there was a, a section which to me seemed kind of cool, uh, but they weren't, so they had some future guys and their, their job was to look at future trends down the line and work out how it could impact on the business. So therefore they were kind of trend spotting, signal spotting. Um, and, and on one hand that seemed pretty cool, but on the other hand, uh, I always one, I, it seemed that it, sometimes it was a challenge for them. The, the, you know, the, the, they were at the front of the boat spotting things far off on the horizon. But the challenge then is, is how do you get the, the, the people working on the now to be able to look up from the now issues to deal with it? I mean, because you've mentioned like a wide range of very interesting topics that you cover. And then particularly when you mentioned quantum chaos, how, how, how do you then um, dive into all this exciting future stuff and and and, and cross-relate it so that so that it's not just noise for other people so that they can understand what are the important things they need to be aware of um so i guess with the quantum chaos that was my starting ground in quantum and then i've got became interested in sensing um by developing these plasmonic sensors when i was working in germany and then quite naturally from that, the idea came about that we could maybe make these sensors more sensitive by bringing in um, quantum technologies to, I suppose, enhance the sensing capabilities and so that we could actually sense really at a very, very, very minute level of molecules. Um, so that's where that, that um, research took that direction, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so and so, so so Prime is uh, one of the things that you're uh, heavily involved in now. Okay, so I guess for those that don't know, uh, how would you describe what it is that they're trying to do, and if 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 it if it if it goes well, um, what 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 could be what could positive outcomes come from it? So uh, the Prime project is uh, Horizon 2020 European Future and Emerging Technologies, a FET Open project and it's worth 4.4 million euros, and it will run for four years. So we're still in the first year of this project, and the aim is to develop a living brain implant that can sense and treat epilepsy seizures before they happen. So epilepsy is one of the most common serious neurological disorders affecting 1% of the population, or 60 million people globally, and that's 6 million people in Europe. So while there are treatments and drugs available, in many cases, they are not very effective. And in chronic cases, an epilepsy patient can have several seizures throughout the day. And this makes independent living very difficult. So we have to come up with a long-term solution that is a radical concept that can overcome this um, problem. 
in, in a dumb way, is this going to be a bit like a pacemaker for the heart then? Uh, because I have seen this with uh, people that had motor neuron that, I mean, we have someone uh, locally who has has had the implant and, and they're transformed. They have their speech back. They have their hand movements back. Uh, is the goal to, to, to have a similar kind of solution for epilepsy related uh, conditions? Yeah. So the radical concept for Prime then came from the director of research, um, Professor Sazitharan Balasubramaniam, who's now in the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, but he still collaborates with us in Walton. And in TSSG a few years ago, they started the research area of the Internet of Nanothings. So everybody knows that the Internet of Things is where you have your smart devices and they communicate with each other and they send information to the Internet. Now, next, they thought about miniaturizing these devices into very small devices that would be constructed out of nanoscale components and that these could gather information from areas that we cannot normally get to. So maybe in human tissue and they could send information then to the Internet. Now, the Internet of Bio Nano Things then brings this concept a step further and into the biological domain. So it combines tools from synthetic biology with nanotechnology to enable the engineering of biological computing devices called nanomachines. And these man-made nanomachines, um, they can, they can um, take biological processes inside the body and communicate them with the internet. So when we go back to talking about the radical idea in Prime, it's to develop a living brain implant, where the implant is not going to be built from any electronic components. So there have been tremendous advances in microelectronics and nanotechnology for brain implants, and you were mentioning there about motor neuron disease. Another example would be where um, people have used electrodes that they insert into the brain to pass electricity to neurons to suppress Parkinson's disease. But there are some, you know, uh, still big challenges remaining, such as we need to miniaturize these devices so that we can put them in different locations in the brain so that they can target the sensing where local quantities of molecules are present. And also some of these electronic devices have biocompatibility um, challenges. So they're generally made out of non-organic materials. So in Prime, we're not going to be using any electronic components. We're going to look at um, how can we take this technology to the next level? How can we you know, push the boundaries and redefine implantable devices for the future? Can we make them even smaller than today's uh, using today's nanotechnology or nanomaterials? Could we make an implant that can be made out of cells and placed in the medium um, that is biologically friendly? So this is where we brought in the idea of synthetic biology to develop a living implant. So it can literally live in the brain, but be programmed to take our instructions in the way that it can sense and treat epilepsy seizures. Okay, um, so I guess uh, I, have, I have kind of a two part to follow up on that is uh, could could this uh, type of solution potentially be also used to deal with things like Alzheimer's and autism? Uh, I guess so. how about that? Yeah, so the main, you know, goal of Prime is actually to develop these uh, devices that can be used for neurodegenerative diseases. And the example that we're, or the test case, the use case that we're going to develop it with is for epilepsy. But okay. in the future, we do want to actually use the same concepts, uh, maybe with different kind of biomarker molecules to uh, be able to treat Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease as well. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, um, so um, we have uh, reviewed uh, quite a few books that are looking at the brain, mapping the brain, and uh, mapping forwards in the future. And and there seems to be a, a debate, and I'm wondering where you are on this one. Some feel that 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 the brain is basically a series of bio algorithms. That once we crack it, it's like a giant operating system. And once we understand the operating system, then we can begin to fix and solve some of these you know these uh, genetic issues. Other people say the brain is actually way more complicated than that and and it's an oversimplistic uh, analogy i guess where do you where do, where do you uh, sit on that paradigm is it something that we're about to suddenly understand the brain or is it a lot more complex than we think it is i think we need to um treat the brain as one of the most complex systems that is out there but we can also take steps towards trying to understand it and maybe control some of the processes that are occurring in the brain so, you know, in, in particular, for, for example, I mentioned synthetic biology there and how it's being used in biomedicine. So it's an emerging discipline from bioengineering, and it takes the tools from biology and engineering and uses them to redesign biological systems so that they have new functionalities. So this kind of goes towards, can we change things that are actually happening already in the brain? So. A major breakthrough in synthetic biology came in 2016 when Chris Voigt's group in MIT developed a software tool for designing genetic logic circuits. And this was called Cello. And this tool um, automatically designs DNA sequences that encode logic computing functions, similar to what you would see in a computer, um, that perform the desired functions and computational operations inside of a cell. So by thinking about cells in this way, we can we can get a better understanding of biology, but we can also start to think about designing new functions for cells. And in that way, probably one of the things we have to consider, though, is that the brain is a very dynamic and complex network. So mm -hmm. we, we, might, we might just be able to treat certain um, diseases in the brain. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and so again, uh, for, from the similar kind of literature that we've been reviewing, um, there are some people that are, with the whole concept of uh, standing on the shoulders of giants, uh, some people would feel that the speed of innovation and discoveries uh, is moving faster because we have larger sets of data, we have more powerful ways to process uh, and try out things in, in a virtual space. Um, do, do, you, do you feel, I mean, because you, you, so you quoted something from, was it 2016 with MIT, do, do you feel that, you know, the last three years and the next three years uh, could bring breakthroughs at a faster pace than we've managed previously. Uh, is that over-optimistic or is that a potentially realistic way to, to look at what we know about the brain and how we're beginning to learn more about the brain faster? Yeah, so uh, in 2016, it was Chris Voigt's group um, that worked on Cello. And they were really looking at how biological cells can be reprogrammed to have different functions using genetic logic circuits. Now, what I can say about the Project Prime is it's a multidisciplinary project. And if we're talking about, you know, making breakthroughs uh, at a quicker pace, then we really should be looking at ha uh, involving all the disciplines. So we have ICT, neuroscience, bioengineering and nanotechnology partners involved in this collaboration. It's cross collaboration throughout all of Europe. So the team in Walton Institute and Watford Institute of Technology, we've joined forces with researchers at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, the University of Ferreira in Italy, 
the University of Aarhus in Denmark, Tampere University in Finland, and private companies EPOS IASIS Research and Development Limited in Cyprus and Omix AS in um, Denmark. So each of these partners brings an area of expertise that's at such a high level that, and we all share our expertise then. And this I think really, really drives the project. And like you said, maybe we can make so much more progress much more quickly because we have such excellent partners. So the University of Ferreira will bring experience in engineering cells that can be used to produce therapeutic molecules. Um, but at, so far they have not incorporated computing functions or personalization into this yet. And then at the same time, Tampere University has expertise in nanostructures and materials that are biocompatible to the human body. And this is important for designing our devices to be inserted safely into the neural tissue that can last for a long period of time. Now, we also have partners in Aarhus University, which focus on the design of the sensing of the molecules. And we have um, two uh, small to medium enterprises. Omics focuses on bioinformatics analysis. Um, to analyze the molecules secreted from the patients, and EPOS IASIS, who are expert, have expertise in developing nanostructures. And these are going to hold the engineered cells within the device using specialized materials. So we will develop a prototype device, and the experts in the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland will do animal testing to demonstrate the sensing and suppression capabilities of this device. They will also investigate the ability um, to prolong the lifetime of the engineered cells for long-term insertion into the brain and see if there are any effects on the natural neurons. And in Walton Institute, we have researchers who will focus on artificial intelligence design, molecular communication of molecules through neural tissue and computing aspects of this device. And we're working closely with the neuroscientists from RCSI to bring an ICT perspective towards treating epilepsy. Mm -hmm. So this cross-border like border collaboration with other European partners is extremely vital to make the project a major success and, like you said, to do it in the next two to three years. Yeah, and I mean, this is the whole thing that ideally then that people aren't in silos and you can leave insights that are being brought to the table from other people who have gone deeper into a certain aspect. Um, okay, so. So you've touched on this. So, so therefore, right, if if you had a magic wand, uh, what would you be excited or optimistic about that we might see coming down the line, probably in the short to medium term future? Um, for this particular device? Um, yeah, and, and your work in general. Yeah. Uh, both. So Prime capitalizes on a breakthrough discovery um, that was made by our collaborators in Future Neuro and the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, Professor David Henschel and Professor Joachim Prenn. Now their groups show that some molecules are elevated in patients' blood samples prior to an epilepsy seizure occurring. And this can happen anytime between two and 24 hours before the event. So we could use these biomarkers to tell us in advance that an epilepsy seizure is going to happen. And then we, by using our biological cells that we've engineered with certain computing functions, these can sense the molecules and trigger the release of therapeutic molecules that will inhibit the seizure. So this type of research is really at the forefront, and this is just for the epilepsy uh, case. Like we said, we'll also be investigating other neurodegenerative diseases. So one of the uh, parts of this project is to identify more biomarkers for um, other neurodegenerative diseases 
And in the future, perhaps this device could be used for other diseases outside of um, neurological disorders as well. So that's on one side of what I think could be at the forefront of research in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, definitely. I mean, and, and I remember reading one recently about uh, Alzheimer's that they had potentially identified uh, pre-onset of it. And, that in the, in, and then equally, I've heard similarly with heart attacks that there are signs and tells uh, in, in, in often in more than just hours pre to it that are an indicator that something's going to happen. So like you say, I guess the more we know and the more we have uh, personalized medicine, uh, the more that people can be uh, covered by this, I guess. Yeah, then it becomes a preventative measure. And, you know, it takes some strain off the healthcare system as well, because in a, especially in, partic in particular in patients who have signs that maybe they have this disease already. They could mm -hmm. have these devices implanted and the devices will only be, uh, they'll, they'll only trigger if a concentration of a biomarker is raised or elevated. And so they can stay there. Hopefully we can make them that they will be, have a long lifetime and they could stay there in the body until such time as they're needed. And then they could treat the um, impending seizure before it happens, and the person never has to even visit the doctor uh, for that particular case. Yeah, and then and then you don't have someone in an ICU for five days. Absolutely. Because they've, yeah, yeah it, it, it makes sense. I mean, I guess, it's, I mean, and the Chinese would have said that they've been doing that for thousands of years, that you pay your doctor to keep you well, not to make you better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, how do you stay up to date and inspired? Um, I'm always reading, you know, the new uh, papers that come out, the articles that come out in the area that we're in. We have regular meetings with different members of our team. They inform us of, you know, the cutting edge, re edge research, like I said, the collaboration. Um, and we work in smaller groups as well. For example, in uh, the part that Walton Institute's involved in, we're developing a simulation software design tool to design these um, living brain implants. But we also collaborate closely with our other partners in, in omics, where they're doing the bioinformatics um, analysis of the these epilepsy biomarkers and we also work very closely with the neuroscientists in the Royal College of Surgeons to help us to bring the ICT element to this treatment for epilepsy and we're also looking to personalize the devices like we said but in order to do this we need to stay up to date not only with our own research areas but with their research areas as well and I think having regular meetings really helps to move this um, type of research along and to also, you know, progress our own research areas and to plan it out accordingly. Yeah, look, definitely. And I think thankfully we're in a time where things are much less siloed because people see the value of collaboration um, a lot more. Um, okay, so uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you, Deirdre. How can people learn more about you and your work? Um, so people can find me on the Walton Institute webpage, waltoninstitute.ie. Or they can email me at deirdre.kilban at waltoninstitute.ie. Or they, connect, they can connect or follow my LinkedIn page and Twitter. And they can find out more about the Prime Project at fet-prime.eu. Or send an email to info at fet-prime.eu. Awesome. Uh, thanks very much. And it's been great to talk to you. Thank you very much. Okay. So, Deirdre, could you tell us uh, a little bit about what the Walton Institute does? 
Yeah, so we're coordinating the PRIME project and the ICT researchers at Walton Institute are developing the simulation software tool to design the living brain implant. So our simulation tool will be used to design living cells that will perform the biocomputing functions. So they will detect the concentration of epilepsy biomarker molecules. And if they're greater than a certain threshold, they will release um, molecules that will reduce the probability of a seizure occurring. So the tool is based on molecular communication modeling of molecules through neural tissues, combined with biocomputing and artificial intelligence to personalize the device. So when we think of communications, we usually think of wireless communications, such as our mobile phone, which communicates using electromagnetic waves. Another type of communication exists inside the human body, which uses molecules to communicate. And this area of research is known as molecular communication. For example, when your brain sends a chemical signal to an organ to do a specific function, there's a channel where the chemical messages are being sent from the brain to the organ. And we can take concepts from communication theory and map them to the biological system. So we're developing the biological computing uh, cells, such as AND and OR logic gates, so that we can implant them into the engineered cells and they will compute whether you have a disease or not and treat it accordingly. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.